Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you're out of town and visiting your Aunt Sarah and you get the flu and can't get home for your own birthday, even when you don't know that your friends are planning a surprise party for you, the least you can do is send a telegram and call off your bowling date. Like this one that's just been received in Wistful Vista. At the home of Fibber McGee and Molly. The telegram was addressed to... Mr. Wallace Wimple? Yes, ma'am. Have you any identification? Well, I have a small bullet hole in my left shoulder where a horse bit me. A bullet hole where a horse bit you? Yes, it was a colt. <laughs> My brother was playing with it, and I didn't realize he was loaded. He was just... He was terribly sorry when he filled it up. This is all very interesting, but what about some identification? Well, he's a tall, thin man. No, not your brother, you. Oh, well, I'm a small, rather delicate man with a gray hat. Please! How do I know you're Wallace Wimple? Can you prove it? Certainly. Where's the telegram? Right here. Well... There's my name right on it. Wallace Wimple, see? Yes, how silly of me. Here you are. Thank you. <laughs> Let's see. McGee's sick at Aunt Sarah's with influenza. Says sorry can't get home to bowl with you and Dr. Gamble tonight. Please inform Dr. Gamble regards. Sign Molly McGee. Oh, for goodness sakes, the surprise party. I better run and tell Dr. Gamble right away. Well, what's your trouble, Wallace? Make it snappy, because i got to finish up here and get over to McGee's. We're going to surprise them when they get home, you know. Yes, but I... Excuse me. Dr. Gamble speaking. Yes? Who? Mrs. Clatterhatch. Oh, hey. You say your little boy broke his piggy bank and swallowed a lot of pennies? Well, bring him down. We'll put him under the fluoroscope. It'll be nice to see one of your family with some sense in him. <laughs> Goodbye. Alan Wallace, you were saying... Well, Mr. McGee had a date with you and me to go bowling tonight. We can't go bowling tonight. We're giving him and Molly a surprise party. You know that. Yes, I know, but in the telegram, he said to tell you that... Oh, doctor. Yes, nurse? Mr. Kranis is here for his shot. Well, you give it to him. I'm busy. Yes, sir. Stand still, Mr. Kranis. Now, look, Wallace, the McGee's will be in on the 8 o'clock train. They'll probably take a cab to the house because even McGee wouldn't let his wife carry two suitcases that far. So about 8.15, we'll turn out the lights, hide just inside the front door, and when they walk in, we'll all holler, Surprise! How about it? As I was saying, I don't think we can surprise the McGee's. Oh, sure we can, Wally. Ole and Wilcox are over there now fixing up flowers and stuff. Ole's wife is fixing smorgasbord. We got a caterer coming with the rest of the food. But, Doctor, so... I just got a telegram that said he wouldn't. Doctor? Yes, nurse? You're wanted at the hospital right away. Emergency? Yes. Dr. Homschlager wants you to take a look at his hand. Cut it with a scalpel? Uh, no, he's playing bridge with three interns and was just dealt 13 spades. Tell him I'll be right over. See what the surprise party with. Cancel the rest of my appointments, nurse. Oh, oh you better let me put something on your lip, Mr. Wimple. You seem to have bitten it. Thank <laughs> you.
glad to see you, Wallace. Uh, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Mayor. But what's so amusing? Oh, I was walking to the office just now, and I saw that midget newsboy on the corner. He was singing something from Tales of the South Pacific. Bali High? No, he just comes up to my knees. <laughs> Oh, oh. oh you, you mean the song. <laughs> no, it was some enchanted evening. Uh, but what can I do for you, Wallace? Well, about this surprise party for the McGee's, I just got word that... Mm -hmm. Excuse me, Your Honor. Yes, Herr Pushimer? Uh, don't forget, you're to open the new fish hatchery this afternoon, sir. Three o'clock. I'll be there, Herr Pushimer. Do I cut a ribbon? Uh, no, sir. You throw out the first worm. As I was saying, Mr. Mayor, Mr. and Mrs. McGee... Oh, I'm be... sorry. I'm sorry, Wallace. Mayor's office? Yes, this is my honor speaking. <laughs> what was that? What was my income last year? Who wants to know? Oh. Oh, yes, Senator Cafalda. <laughs> well, after the RFC refused me a personal loan of 35... <laughs> Throw me that roll of crepe paper, the trivia. Right. Ah, boy. Where's McGee keep his tack hammer? You know, Ole? Here's the tack hammer, Doctor. Too bad McGee isn't here not to help. He's the biggest crepe hanger I ever saw. Right? Hey, Doc. Where'll I put this happy birthday to our little pal Fiver sign? In the ash can. Put it on the mantle, Harlow, so he'll see it the minute he comes in the door and... Hey, wait a minute. That sign painter spelled it wrong. Where, Doc? The word birthday. He spelled it B-E-R-T-H. Oh, that's all right. He's coming home in an upper. <laughs> he says he can't sleep down close to the wheels. He lets Molly Mr. sleep down. Mayor, I've been trying to tell you... Wimple, you're just the man I'm looking for. Grab one under this crepe paper and hop up on the mantle there. Oh, no, you don't. You don't get me way up on that high mantle. I get too dizzy. <laughs> you suffer from acrophobia, Wallace? I'll say I do. I just hate acrobats. I'm saying to Sweetie Face just... Sweetie Face? My big old wife. Yeah. <laughs> Sweetie Face, I said, whatever became of that acrobat you were going with before you married me? And she said, you mean the one they used to shoot out of a cannon at the circus? And I said, yes. And she said the cannon backfired one day and shot him in ten feet into the ground. And I said, oh dear, what did they do then? And she said, they just reloaded the cannon and shot some flowers in after him. <laughs> but what I was trying to tell you, fellas, I got a telegram. Hello, McGee here? No, he's... Well, I'm from the Wistful Vista Friendly Terms Finance Company. Weekly payment on the pianos due today. Well, I'll take care of it, fool that I lost. How much, mister? Thirty-seven cents. Thirty-seven cents on a piano? Yeah, he bought it in 1929, wanted to keep the payment small. <laughs> it's almost paid for now. Another seven years will do it. Thanks, brother. Uh, who is that, Ole? Well, it's a fellow collecting for payment on piano. You know, me and my missus, we don't buy stuff on the instillment plants anymore. We, we wait till we got the money to pay cash. That's the kind of a stupid system, too. You know, every time you got cash saved up to buy something you've been wanting, 
Nobody drives a horse anymore. <laughs> then when I save up to buy a player piano, radios has the new stuff. <laughs> hey, Doc, I was just out in the kitchen, and Oli's wife is making some terrific smorgasbord. Wait till you taste it. That smorgasbord, Harlow, is a special request from old Doc Gamble. Oh, Hope she doesn't put too much board in the smorgas, though. <laughs> hey, somebody give the catering company a ring, will you? Yes, I'll call them. They should have been here by now. Hello, operator, give me the Wistful Vista catering. Who? Mert? Mert who? No, this is not Mr. McGee. Oh, this is that's not, not the way you do it, Mr. Mert. Give me the phone. Hmm? Hello, Mert? How's every little thing, Mert? <laughs> Is, eh? What's that, mate? Your brother going to shoot the mayor, eh? What? What's that? Who's going to shoot him? Mate's brother says he's going to shoot you a game of billiards at the Elks tomorrow. <laughs> What's that, mate? No, just lay there. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> what did the caterer say, Wimple? Oh, good gracious! I forgot to ask for him. Anyway, it's all just silly because I'm trying to tell you I've got a wire here. Better you got, Vimple, a wire? Bring it out here in the dining room. Well, thank goodness somebody's interested. Don't you worry, old is interested, Vimple. Let's have it. I need a wire to hung this paper bell from the chandelier. <laughs> hey, well, what's this? I told you. You to... told me you got a wire. Now you hand me a piece of yellow paper. How can I hung bells from a chandelier with pieces of paper? <laughs> Wait, wait a minute, Oli. I think your wife wants you. She's motioning from the kitchen. Huh? Mm. Oh. Well, don't stood there waving the arms, Helga. If you want something, come on out here. Yeah, Oli. I just want to make small suggestions. Then, whatever you want to say, go ahead and say it. Well, I just thought maybe... Look, you don't have to be timid. You want these fellas to think I don't let my wife say something? This is America. Even wives got free speech here. Even wives, he says. My big old wife's sweetie face talks so much. So you go ahead and spoke up, woman. You got suggestions? Make suggestions. Yeah, Oli. With the red, yellow, and green crepe paper in the dining room, you shouldn't hung purple bell from the chandeliers. <laughs> it clashes with the pink tablecloth. That. Now, look, don't make disrespect to the proper in front of strangers, woman. No, but you told me. We talk about this later when we get home. Uh, how's the family, Mrs. Swenson? Haven't seen the kids for a while, and I think. Uh, yes, yes, you've got a fine family, Mrs. Swenson. Swell-looking bunch of kids, yes, sir. What, uh, what did you raise your babies on? What do you suppose Wilcox hoped she raised them on, Doctor? Branded sauerkraut? Loaded question if I ever heard one. All the children on canned milk, Mr. Wilcox. We got fine kids, all right. <laughs> Big and strong like their papa. <laughs> uh, now, this canned milk that your babies grew so strong and healthy on, Mrs. Swenson, do you know, uh, do you know the name of it? If she answers that anyway but one little review, Wilcox will be back and should talk when next week. <laughs> Well, one generation was spared that anyway. Uh, think of it in a minute, Mr. Wilcox. We use it for years. When me and Ollie have our first date, I fix coffee, and we have this milk from a can with a picture of a little cow on the side. Pet? Oh, we hold hands a little, but my mama... <laughs> oh, 
Metis. Look, he means the milk. Pet milk. Oh, that's the kind. Take your apparatus there. But it's not the apparatus when open the can. It's always in there. <laughs> that's right, Mrs. Swenson, because evaporation <laughs> takes out only water and nothing else. All the good, rich milk substances are left in it, you see. Oh, such real good substances in it, sure. <laughs> yes, sir, all the good richness of sweet, whole country milk. Everything a baby needs to grow strong bones and good, sound teeth. When you raise your baby on fat evaporated milk, you give that baby a long step forward on the road to health. And I think health is a good thing, Mr. Wilcox. You know, our little Christina come home yesterday, but the rose is in the sheets. But Mama make us spit them out. Who eats flowers? Nobody. <laughs> well, anyway, when you give a baby that good, safe, easy-to-digest pet milk with the added vitamin D the pet contains, you're helping that child get a great start toward... Hey, 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 Harlow. A strong, sturdy body. And yes, Doc? Uh, a muzzle, a muzzle on that, if you don't mind. If we're going to surprise McGee with this birthday party, we can't waste time. Oh, my, I better get back to my smorgasbord. I want to cook the whole dinner, but only says paper stuff. Well, we can talk in the kitchen while you work, Mr. Ah, this should be our man, Doctor. Yeah. Come in. Good afternoon. I, gentlemen, am the cater. Good. Crampton J. Truffles at your service. Permit me to quote our motto. Any party, large or small, if Truffles caters, it's a ball. <laughs> Kate? Nauseating. Excuse me, Truffles. I'm Dr. Gamble. This is Mayor Latrivia, and this is Mr. Swenson. Gentlemen, Mr. Truffles. How do you well, do? how do you do? First thing you better discuss is the menu, Truffles. What did you have in mind for tonight? A quiet evening with a little blonde Oh. <laughs> oh, you mean about the food? Yes. Well, wait till you hear what I'm going to give you for dessert, Doctor. I'm going to bake you one of my famous convention pies. Convention pies? I never heard of it. What's it filled with? Chorus girls. <laughs> what? Picture this scene. As we dim the lights, you slice into the pie, and 16 beautiful girls rise out of it wearing bathing suits and riding unicycles. 300 white doves fly out. A 32-piece band concealed under the table plays Pony Boy, while the girls dance the Charleston on table, and believe me, all heck breaks loose. Uh, I'm afraid that's, uh, that's a little more elaborate than we had in mind. Yes, uh, Mrs. McGee wouldn't like them dancing on her table, Truffles. Well, I can give you a very good price today, sir. I baked one of those pies for an Elks Club banquet last week, and they canceled at the last minute. Now the girls are getting pretty cramped in there, and if I don't tell on huh? Look, Truffles, haven't you got any pies with just plain filling in them, like maybe lemon custard? No, no, we tried lemon custard, but the girls objected. <laughs> and you can't blame them, sir. If you ever sat in a dark pie, hour after hour, up to your ears in lemon custard... 
please, please, this is ridiculous. Let's skip the girls. Forget the girls, will you? Forget them? Me? Forget my dear old mother? What? Forget my grandmother? Sitting in that cramped Elks Club pie since Thursday with great Aunt Gladys and all my cousins? Sir, you are a cad. Get someone else to cater this party and show me to the door. Better still show the door to me. Never mind, I see it. Oh, no, not that door. That's the hall closet. decorations, Doctor. How's the flower situation? Flowers all over the joint, Mayor. Looks like a gangster's funeral. <laughs> hey, Ollie, did you put the big welcome home sign over the front door? Yeah, sure. It looks very pretty, too. I hope McGee appreciates it, but he won't. He probably bore me out for pounding cash in the pool. She's the kind of a fella, you know. Come in. Hi, Johnny. Hi, daughter. Hey, hey, hey. Where's the kid? Out of town, old-timer. We expect him home very shortly. We're giving them the surprise party. Sure, stick around, old-timer. You can curl up on a cracker and pretend you're an anchovy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love surprise parties, fellas. Gave Bessie a surprise party for Easter. Had us an egg hunt on the front lawn of the Baptist church. Wound up by Bessie falling out of a tree and busting her leg. Too greedy looking in bird's nest. <laughs> I remember one time... So I was... do I, Doc. Speaking oh. of surprise parties, <laughs> I mind one time out west. Hmm. Bunch of us was hunting buffalo. Well, anybody would have told you there was buffalo or shoot west of New York. <laughs> I mean animals, son. Well, sir, I was just topping a draw when I see I was surrounded by Apaches. I was so mad at myself for getting caught that away, I got hot under the collar, which was celluloid, and caught on fire. Smoke started pouring out of my neck, so I twisted my neck back and forth and shut up smoke signals, which was seen at Fort Laramie, nine miles away. They sent a troop of cavalry on a young fellow by the name of William F. Cody. <laughs> Cody. <laughs> yep, same color. Take them redskins away. Saved my life. And I says, son, I says, how can I ever repay you? And he says, in Buffalo Hides, partner. And that's how he got to be called Buffalo Bill. Because I paid his bill in Buffalo, and that's why I hate surprise parties. So tell Johnny I was here so long. <laughs> Just about time McGee was showing up, ain't yeah, it? Yeah, just about. Let's see now. The decorations are all up. Flowers arranged. Mrs. Oley is getting the food ready. Wilcox is fixing the hors d'oeuvres. Wimple is... Hey, where's Wimple? Here I am. <laughs> well, well, what are you sulking in the corner for, Wallace? 
Because for four hours, they've been trying to tell somebody that I got a... Hey, what time is it? My watch has stopped. It's five after eight. Oh, they'll be here in ten minutes. And I must say, this ought to be quite a surprise. <laughs> yes, it should. <laughs> There's only one thing can spoil this party now. Yes, and he'll be coming in the door any minute with his wife. <laughs> oh, no, he won't. What was that, Zimple? I said... Oh, no, he won't. Who <laughs> won't what? McGee won't be coming in the door. Not tonight. What are you talking about, Wallace? I've been trying to tell somebody all day. I got a telegram from Mr. McGee. He's sick. He's at his aunt's service. He is not coming home tonight. <laughs> well... How interesting. Hey, hello, Mrs. Swenson. Come in and start dishing it out. The party is starting. And you know something? This is going to be the nicest, quietest party we ever had in this house. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just had word that Fibber is feeling much better. He left the hospital today, and he and Molly expect to be back with us next week. Yes, we hope to get that thermometer out of his mouth for at least a half hour next Tuesday night. <laughs> Anything you want to say, Oli? No, we do enough talking for one night, Doctor. I get strange feeling if they stood here talking any longer, we used to donate in our time. <laughs> yes. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.